ladies and gentlemen. Last time I checked is the 21st century, and last time I checked, USB-C cable is the most logical thing to have these days when it comes to people's smartphones. So why is it that I can't find a fucking one in my house? Why, why, why? In the words, public enemies, Chuck D, bring noise. From the Fifth Moon Podcast Network, I am Charlie Taylor, and this is What's Good. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you've all had a good week. It's been a very productive week for me, like one of the most productive weeks I've had in a while. Um, I went to London uh, for a few days uh, in the past week. Um, did all obviously did all the recordings beforehand, which I'm happy about. Um, you know, I've, some people really, you know tell me that I'm very organized but honestly I don't really think I am I'm not really like I'm I'm, I'm about to um after I record this I'm actually going to pack a bag and I'm heading off to Lincoln for a few days but honestly like if, if you see why I pack <laughs> it's super minimal it's not organized at all like I just throw a few clothes in um you know other other stuff you know socks underwear you know like all that regular stuff some shower stuff you know it's it's relatively simple i'm really minimalistic um i don't really consider myself organized at all um when it comes to stuff like this you know podcasting writing sometimes obviously you know that's a matter of that's a matter of career stuff you know i mean it's, it's not a matter of being organized it's a matter of i need to get this done I'm gonna go get it done, and especially when it comes to podcasts, it's more about um, uh, it's more about routine. Once you have a routine, it's easy. Um, so yeah, I don't really consider myself that organized, but um, yeah, you know, got, got all the stuff done last week. I'm happy about that. Um, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's it's been a very it's been extremely productive, and I cannot be happier to be completely honest. So yeah, and um, just so just so you guys know, um, if you hear um, wind. Or any just odd noises behind me. Um, that is my hollow ass house um, being blown blown in by the wind. Because uh, we have about I don't know 25, 30 degree winds at the moment. It, it's it's whack. But um, that's how that's how the cookie crumbles. Uh, but anyway, it's uh it's going to be an interesting, damaged in show. Award season is here, and we're going to dive right into all of that. But before we begin, formalities, before we begin, as always, we have the email, we have the Twitter, we have the IG, we have the Facebook, and we also have the Discord, um, if you want to go join that, please do, uh, we have great, we, we are trying to, you know, create a community, yes, yeah, so that's, that's the vibe, that's the vibe we're trying to get, you know, people that like hip-hop and other things, and, you know, just podcasting and whatever you guys are into, to be honest, you know, I talk about a lot of things, and I feel like, you know, everyone has their own taste. So if you want to join in, uh, please join in. The link is in the description, as is everything else. But without further ado, let the beat drop. Let's get into some awards bullshit. In a week where Wiley and Stormzy trade in bars, um, I currently have my scorecard to be... Uh, one all. Um, obviously, uh, Wiley dropped uh, the third one, and that was terrible. 
So I mean, does I does Stormzy win? If he because at, at the point of recording, he hasn't dropped number three yet. Um, in response to Wiley's number three, so has he already won that round because he just let that Wiley one sit? If you haven't heard it, please go hear it because it's just it's it's the worst of the bunch. It's the worst of the bunch. It's the the bars are terrible. Like that he he peaked at number two clearly because Jesus. Number three was not good, and uh, as as of recording, Stormzy hasn't responded to that yet. But I'm just wondering, he may have won already because uh, he doesn't need to respond to that. <laughs> it's not worth responding to. He Wiley clearly ran out of steam on that one. It was it was terrible. Uh, but yeah, uh, Stormzy's second one is one of the one of the most unanimous decisions I've ever seen in a round of this uh, this track battles. My God, that was absolutely disgraceful. Um, in a good way, but uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's fun, you know. People saying grime back and all that, and I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just sitting here enjoying it. To be honest, um, don't know if grime's back, so to speak, but um, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been fun looking at it for the past, uh, for the past week. Highly, highly enjoyed it. Uh, the Oscars will go without a host for a second year in a row. Uh, a Mississippi governor says a thousand years of darkness will begin if a Missis- if Mississippi elects its first black senator. Imagine that. What kind of that? That was a direct quote, by the way. A thousand years of darkness on some Shaolin showdown shit. What the fuck is that? Absolute joke of a line. Wow. And I, I, I guarantee you, there's people that probably believe him. Yeah, I mean, what, how can you believe that? A thousand years of darkness. What kind of Nostradamus shit is that? I don't know. Uh, counterterrorism police place extinction rebellion on an extreme extremist ideologies list. Um, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not one for um. I understand the. I understand what's going on here. You know, I think we all understand why Extinction Rebellion's. You know, so um, you know, forward with everything. Um, you know, gluing it, gluing themselves to the floor or gluing themselves to cars, whatever they. You know, and doing just mad, crazy shit. I understand it. I really do. To say it's extremist is silly. Um, you know, I feel like if you're going to do that kind of stuff, do it to the people that, you know, make decisions in this country. You know, when when that when one of the dudes, uh, you know, stopped a whole uh, commute for people, uh, a tube station, and, they, you know, everyone was, like, trying to just, like, pull him off so if I can, you know, go about their day and get to work. You know, that's, that's, that's where I draw the line. Like, don't do it to regular people. You know, they're just trying to get their, they're just trying to get their bread. You know what I mean? Do it to the do it to the politicians, you know, the people that actually that actually can do stuff about you know our climate crisis. Um, I think I said this for few way down the way loads of episodes ago. I said like um, you know the we we can do only so much, you know, individually as a community in a house in a family whatever. Right, we can do so much on that front, right? But the real change comes from the real top tippy top. It comes from the government having to put policies through, forcing us to change our lifestyles, you know, stuff like that. That you know, you have to you have to lock down businesses, going like you need to do better. Basically, sanctions will happen if you don't do those. That's what has to happen. But anyway, to call them extremist ideologies, it's a it's a bit much. Uh, it's a bit much. Uh, Harry and Meghan chuck the deuces to the royal family life. Um, I have I could not care. To be completely honest, I'm not going to talk about this in depth, but I do respect um, people uh, backing up Meghan and finally, you know, saying that the media is being dumb as shit. 
And congratulations, guys. You realise that Philip Schofield is an absolute dipshit. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go see that uh, video of... Um, I forget um, I forget her name. Uh, Shola, um, Shola something. Um, but yeah, if you, if you haven't seen it, if you, you know the video I'm talking about, uh, go see it. Because it's just... Just type up white privilege Philip Schofield on like Twitter or Facebook or whatever or Instagram. It, you'll find it because it's just absolutely amazing. It's glorious. Um, A&E departments in England had their worst December performance on record. Ocean temperatures hit record high. And Billie Eilish will be the for- performer for the new Bond title track No Time to Die. That's such a... I don't know... I don't... You know, I don't, I don't really consider Billie Eilish, you know, a singer. Yeah, you know, like a vocalist, you know what I mean? You know, you've had Adele, you know, previously, you know, Beverly Knight, you know, Diamonds Are Forever. That, that shit is glamorous, it makes sense. If you, if anyone bet Billie Eilish to be sit, to be, to be the performer of the new Bond title track, you, you've won some big money, because um, I would have not have guessed that, and I don't even care about James Bond like that, I just found that mad fascinating as a news item. But anyway... Speaking of uh, films, let's get into award season because uh, three of the three of the four topics for today or for this episode are going to be about award season, uh, and we'll start with we'll start with the Oscars because um, why not? And um, I have some thoughts, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, so yeah. So I think what I should do is um, go through the lists, you know, just go through the full lists, um, and you know I'll say who should win, who will win, because I have some opinions on few, and then we'll get into more, you know, nitty gritty because I think this deserves a bit of nitty gritty. And um, spoiler alert, I'm going to talk, be talking about the BAFTAs as well in the next topic. Um, so you know it's going to bleed right over. I might not even change up the music. No, I probably will. Um, but um, yeah, it's a, I just have. A lot to say on all of this, but anyway, let's get let's just jumping right in. Uh, best original score, very tightly, uh, very tight one. Uh, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1970, Rise of Skywalker. <sighs> I mean, I haven't. I, I need to watch 1917. I'm going to watch 1917. Hopefully, sometime next week. Um, but uh, I can see. Well, you know, Star Wars was has a chance. It's John Williams. You know, it, but I, don't, I wonder. I wonder how often he's won it because, um, you know, not to be rude, but. It's kind of the same score every time. There's not much. Uh, there's not much mixing, uh, mix, mix it up there. It's not very, uh, you know, uh, pushing the boundaries on that front. But you know, that's just that's just me. I don't know. I don't know. Don't know what happens. I don't know how the the sausage is made. But um, it's just how I see it. Uh, production design: uh, Irishman, Judge Rabbit, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Parasite. Uh, from how I'm seeing things, from you know, I haven't seen uh, any of these apart from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, but from how I see, you know, trailers and like uh, shots that I've seen, the specific stills, um, I think Parasite is a good shout. Once upon a time, Hollywood's definitely a good shout. I think that's probably the best shout. Obviously, 1917, considering it's you know, World War One, you know, the whole one take thing. I can definitely see that, and also the Irishman, of course. Um, so I, I think it's either Irishman or 1917 or Once upon a time, Hollywood. Uh, again, sound mixing, sound editing, I. I have to ask this every year. I keep forgetting which is which. Um, I forget like what's the what's the unique abilities for them. So um, I'm just gonna skip that because I've I, I 
<laughs> top on that. Best documentary, American Factory, obviously uh, executive produced by uh, Barack and Michelle Obama. The Cave, Edge of Democracy, for Sama. We're going to mention for Sama later. And uh, Honeyland, I'm thinking either The Cave or for Sama. Um, but um, documentaries always, always stacked. Like everyone. Like, say what you will about um, the Oscars or the BAFTAs or whatever documentaries are always hailed and i think it's always a long-term goal for 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 in terms of like uh trying to get nominated um there's always great documentaries out there um and i think whenever there's the best documentary for anything you know whether it's oscars or baftas excuse me whether it's oscars or baftas um it's just heat and if you go see them they're always heat so um you know it's it's and any one of them could win, and that's always great. That's always great for the art form. Um, but obviously, when it comes to these other ones, eh, not so much because you don't know what the fuck these people want sometimes. Uh, best cinematography: Irishman, Joker, Lighthouse, nineteen seventeen, Once Upon a Time, Hollywood. Again, what do you class as good cinematography? Are you talking about how it's sh- um, well, obviously how it's shot, but you're talking about um, you know uh, switching up of angles. You're talking about. Uh, color in a in a way. Um, you're talking about um, just uh, what's um, what's the word? Um, I can't figure the word. <laughs> but yeah, what what kind of criteria do you have when it comes to cinematography? I feel like it's a very broad spectrum in terms of how you want to see a film. Um, is the fact that 1917's uh, you know uh, shot as if it's in one one whole shot is that that level of cinematography you're looking for? Or uh, are you just looking for consistency, like a Irishman, like a uh, like a lighthouse? Of course, um, lighthouse is very um, obviously uh, very uh, uh, drab and very uh, you know uh, specific in terms of what's covered. So uh, yeah, wh- wh- how do you how do you judge that? Uh, best original screenplay: Knives Out, Marriage Story, Nineteen Seventeen, Once Upon a Time, Hollywood, Parasite. Uh, I'm glad Knives Out has got a shout here. Um, I I can definitely see it being Marriage Story. Um, I probably go for Marriage Story or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, I, re- I really can't see the others uh, winning that, to be honest, other than those two. Uh, best Adapted Screenplay, Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, uh, Joker, Little Women, and The Two Popes. Um, two Popes? Okay, that's, that's I'll get to that in a bit. Um, in terms of uh, The Two Popes, and also for Ford v Ferrari. Uh, but um, I, I, I can definitely see it's just being The Irishman, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I, I think it would just be the Irishman. Let's, let's, let's just be real about it. Um, so best director: Martin Scorsese, Irishman, Todd Phillips, Sam Mendes, Quentin Tarantino, and Bong Joon-ho. Um, so this is the—I think it's exactly the same as the Golden Globes. And you know, I think pe- people obviously, you know, uh, talking about uh, the fact that it's all male. Um, and while I agree, you know, with the fact that it's all male, well. It's a factoid that's all male, but um, I I I really do want to ask, like, who else could you possibly pick, um, in terms of this? Because I feel like you know Sam Mendes obviously slapped um in terms uh, slapped nineteen seventeen, uh, Bong Joon Ho's obviously great in terms of Parasite, Mike Scorsese and Todd Phillips obviously did great work in terms of those, uh, Tarantino's Tarantino, and I feel like that's a genuine factor for this. Um, and I want to talk about Once Upon a Time Hollywood in a bit, but yeah, I don't really, I don't really see any wiggle room here. Um, 
And, you know, that's just that's unfortunate, but I think that's how it is for some of these things. Um, and you might and you might say the exact same thing for what I'm going to talk about. Um, but <laughs> but uh, challenge me if you want to. Uh, best supporting actor. Tom Hanks, uh, Annie Hopkins, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci and Brad Pitt. Right. So, again, guys, we can't have two in the same film. We can't have that. Can't You can't do that. You add another person, just to make up the numbers, please. You can't have... If you're going to do it for the Irishman, right, why didn't they do this for the para, uh, for Parasite? Because according to some people I've talked to, Parasite could have gotten um, six people in there, you know, in terms of performance. So what are we talking about here? I don't know why Irishman's got two. I do understand why Irishman's got two, but I'm wondering why did you not add another person just to make up the numbers? I feel like it's just you're, you're, you're gaming a system here in terms of uh, in terms of that. The numbers ain't right. Uh, best Supporting Actress, Kathy Bates, Laura Dern, Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, and Margot Robbie. <sighs> okay. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip that a little bit. And I'm just going to finish with uh, Best Picture just to make up the numbers. So we've got Four, four Feet for Irishman, Judge Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Within Hollywood, and Parasite. Right. So, in my opinion... Um, and I think this is, this happens, you know, every year, um, there are always some films that are there because they were pumped full of for your consideration dollars. So for those who don't know what for your consideration is, um, the whole awards thing is a marketing ploy, um, naturally, right? It's not, it's not a matter of, um, it's not like how, you know, uh, people do lists for example right you know when I do my end of year lists you know it's the, it's the stuff that I've loved over the past year right it's the albums I've loved it's the songs I've enjoyed or spun the most and the EPs I really enjoy listening to right but for but for stuff like the Oscars and other award shows not all of them but I assume most award shows the ones that you know I guess a lot of it is down goes down to marketing and how much money you put into that kind of thing where you host events to say you know this film for your consideration you know you see, in, in America you see billboards of certain shows when they when you know golden globes nominations coming through and they put for your consideration go look it up go look up for your consideration in just in general explain it cuz um just like explain this cuz it's a genuine thing, and I feel like that's the exact case when it comes to stuff like Ford v Ferrari. Um, I think it's the same for Bombshell as well, uh, and also for something I guess like the Two Popes, especially. Sorry, I'm sorry, I've never heard anybody talk about the Two Popes this year. Nobody ever talked about the Two Popes. I've heard Bombshell, I've heard of it, of course I have, right? But I don't feel like that's a film that was Oscar worthy to me personally. Um, I didn't see it as that. I didn't see it as a, oh, that's going to be an Oscar blowout. Mm, yeah, I can't read it. Oh, that's going to be good. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't see it like that. And the same with Ford v Ferrari. I saw Ford v Ferrari the same as I saw, um, what's that one with uh, Ron Howard back in uh, a couple of years ago? Uh, Rush? Yeah, you know, cool. It's cool. You know, motor, motor film. I'm down for that. I'm always down to see that kind of film. I like that kind of stuff, right? I didn't see it as an Oscar contender. Piss off. Come, come on, guys! Come on, guys! It's, it's not, let's not do that. And another thing, you know, I don't want. I'm not. I'm not one of those people that say put. Uh, you need to put superhero films in there, but I feel like you know, I, I. I'm gonna say this. 
I definitely enjoyed Avengers Endgame more than I enjoyed Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I will say that. I feel like Once, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is way too um, is way too in here. I think there's too much of it here. Um, I don't think DiCaprio did that good on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Not in terms of like you know, um, in, especially when you consider his previous roles. You know, I, th- I think this is kind of mid. I think it was a kind of mid mid role for him personally. It was, it was okay. I think Brad Pitt was great in it. I think Brad Pitt deserves this supporting uh, actor nom. Um, but I didn't really consider DiCaprio that. Eh, it was it was it was cool. You know, I think he, I think they you know good chemistry and all that. Obviously, it's Brad Pitt and DiCaprio. But yeah, eh, yeah, I, don't, I didn't really see it. And the there are the, the actresses here. I'm sorry, Rich Kathy Bates, Laura Dern, Scarlett Johansson. Guys, I know some people. I know some people that love Jojo Rabbit. Okay, and everyone and you know. All my quirky friends love her, Taika Waititi, right? I understand it. Um, Scarlett Johansson, come on. Come on, I'll, I'll give you Marriage Story. I'm not giving you Judge Rabbit. Come on. Come on, let's, let's not do this. And uh, I feel like, you know, people people could be talking about uh, Greta Gerwig, right? As a, for the director, right? I, I get it. I get it, right? But... And uh, and and I think... Uh, oh, I forgot her name. Saoirse Ronan. My Sharona. I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. Um, you know, they've obviously been in a few films uh, together. You know, I think it was the last one, uh, Lady Bird. <sighs> I feel like I'm. Ha- I feel like I'm having Tom Hooper syndrome. So you remember, like earlier in the deck, uh, earlier in the previous decade, as we are now, when Tom Hooper films just constantly got uh, Oscar noms. You know, uh, The King's Speech. Shit. Don't care what you guys say. Shit. And that was not the best film of that year. It was not that good. Calm down. Um, same with the Danish girl. Nobody watched that. Pure Oscar bait. Garbage. Stop it. Right. So, with these kind of films, um, I feel like they get the they get they get it just because it's this person. You know what I mean? And also for for your consideration dollars, I completely think is that, especially when it comes to stuff like Ford v Ferrari, and uh, the the other one that I just said, Bombshell. Right? Doesn't make sense to me. Does not make sense to me. Okay, so um, there was an article I was going to um, reference, but I, I don't think I have time to do so. But I just wanted to get into some snubs um, just right quickly, just so I can mention some other things that should be here. And the thing with the thing is that I'm most disappointed about this year's Oscars, right? And especially with the BAFTAs as well. And we'll get to that. Trust me on that. We'll get to that. Um, there are so many. You could have had the most varied list of all time with this, and nobody would complain. I guarantee you, nobody would complain. Sorry, is Once Upon a Time Hollywood good for ten nominations? Sorry, I don't think it is. I really don't think it is. And you know, you can you can count that. You can count my opinion towards the fact that I didn't understand the context, especially with the fact that Margot Robbie. Um, and I, ugh, I'm going to spoil it. The fact that Margot Robbie got a uh, nomination for her performance in Once Upon a Time Hollywood for ba- in the Baftas, right? I, I, I don't know the context of Sharon Tate. I don't know. I really don't, and I don't really care to know, to be honest. But you're telling me she did that good a performance? Is that what you're telling me? And there was nobody else. Don't piss me off. Don't piss me off. Stop it. That's not. That's not how it's working. That's not how it's going to go down. Right. So let's let's, let's think about some nub, uh, snubs here, right? Because I think there's a plenty. So um, Adam Sandler for Uncut Gems. 
I want to see uncut gems, and as soon as I see uncut gems, I feel like I'm going to have that same uh, feeling. Uh, Eddie Murphy, even Taron Egerton for Rocket Man, right? I can I can understand that because if you're going to do it for Rami Malek, which you did last year, why not do it for Taron Egerton? Surely it's the same. Surely, um, uh, you know, I, I heard Rocket Man was a, a better film than Bohemian Rhapsody for some. So what are we doing here? You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. And uh, since we're talking about uh, the the Irishman, why did Al Pacino and Joe Pesci get one, but Robert De Niro didn't? You know what I mean? I feel like if you're gonna do what, if you're gonna do two, fuck it, go for the trifecta, go for three, bang. Why not? Why not do that? So let's think about some other films: Clemency, Dark Waters, Dolomite, Farewell, Aquafina. Come on, guys. Honey Boy, Shia LaBeouf, come on, Hustlers, you know, you guys know that was a good film, you guys know that was a good film, Just Mercy, if you haven't seen Just Mercy, I'm going to see Just Mercy as soon as I can see it, I'm going to see that shit and it slaps, I saw Us uh, last night with my mum, she watched it for the first time, she thought it was fucking weird and I fucking love it, where is Lupita Nyong'o, where is Lupita in this list, where is she, nowhere to be seen and that pisses me off. Uh, Jamie Foxx, Mark B. Jordan for Ju- uh, Just Mercy, Aquafina, aforementioned, Lupita, aforementioned, uh, I, I don't really care about Frozen 2, I'm, oh, oh, Disney didn't get a nomination, oh, I'm so, I'm, I'm crying, I'm, I'm, I'm crying my tears, uh, so, <laughs> so many tears, um, f- uh, here we go, so, uh, what's it, what's this, so, no women nominated for the Best Director Award, leaving out hopes for Greta Gerwig, of course, da da da, Including noms for adapted screenplay for producer Amy Pascal, Lulu Wang, Cassie Lemons for Harriet, uh, Lorin Scarafia, uh, Scafaria, sorry, uh, Alma Harrell for Honey Boy. You had options. Everyone had options. You always have options, right? Um, I would throw in get Greta Gerwig. Why not? If people say it's, she's good, then sure. Why not? Um, but even with saying that, you know, the people, the people that are going to go to me going, who would you replace? I don't know, not on the director's side, I know who the fuck I'd replace on the, uh, especially on, like, the acting side, I think there's plenty of actresses and actors that have been snubbed here disgracefully, um, I think there's been plenty of films better than Ford v Ferrari, uh, plenty of films way better than, um, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I gen- sorry, I'm I'm sorry. Just because it has the fu- a fucking name Hollywood in it does not mean it should be in Best Picture. I don't think it's the Best Picture. I really don't. I think it's cool. It's a cool film. It's a cool film. It's a great story. And if you get screenplay, I'll be fine with that. Because writing-wise, it's a good film. But I just didn't enjoy it that much. I don't think it's the Best Picture. Um, I haven't seen Jojo Rabbit. I'll, I'll defer on that. Um... In terms of who I think will win Best Picture, I think uh, either Parasite, 1917, or The Irishman should win it, to be honest. I think it's one of those three. Um, but I think the rest are kind of replaceable, to be honest. I think they're kind of replaceable. I think Clemency should be here. I think Just Mercy should be here. I need to see Uncut Gems, but I feel like that should should have got... S- if there's ten films in here, I could I could definitely make... If someone made an argument for Uncut, Uncut Gems... I'll go for that. Why not? I think us should be here. I really do. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of depressing looking at this. Uh, to be honest, uh, it really is kind of depressing. But we we haven't even scratched the surface, ladies and gentlemen. My rage has not stopped. So let's get let's let's just take a little break. Just take a little chill for 10-15 seconds. 
and we'll get to the BAFTAs. Because if you think I'm pissed off about the Oscars, you haven't seen me talk about the BAFTAs yet. So we move on to second topic. Still sticking with film and TV. And let's talk about these fucking BAFTAs, right? Shall we? Let's talk about these fucking BAFTAs. Right, so let me let me just go through the lists. Um, uh, so, Rising Star, we've got Aquafina, Jack Loudon, uh, Caitlin Dever, uh, Kelvin Harrison Jr., and Michael Ward. Shout out to Michael Ward. Um, I really do think he's... Uh, I think he should have this on lock. Um, and obviously, it's a public vote, so I think he definitely will win it, especially with people, obviously, uh, um, previously, like uh, Daniel Kaluuya and Tom Holland and Letitia Wright win it, la- uh, win it last year. I think he's a shoo-in. Um, shout out to Kelvin Harrison Jr. as well. Waves is another good film. Uh, people should watch. I'm gonna go watch that as soon as it, as soon as it comes out here. Um, he's great in that. And there's another film he's in uh, that dropped last year that's apparently very good. I forget the name. Uh, but yeah, you know, Aquafina's a good shout as well. But I think it'll be Michael Ward if it's especially if it's a um, you know a British um, uh, fan vote. Well, not fan vote, but a public vote. I think it'll be Michael Ward. Um, I think you know, fact he's in Blue Story, Top Boy. I think there's what there's a what a strong two film, uh, two uh, two uh, projects to be in, in one year. That is absolutely outstanding. That's a good year. That's a good year for anybody. Um, uh, won't get into British film or animation because uh, I don't know. Uh, visual effects. I think it's exactly the same. Yeah, nineteen seventeen. Endgame. Lion King. Rise of Skywalker. I think that's exactly the same. So I might as well just keep going with Endgame. Uh, sound. They kept it simple. Just sound. Nothing else. Uh, 1917 Joker. They call it. We call it Le Mans 66, and the US call it Ford v Ferrari. So just so you guys don't get confused. Um, and uh, Rocket Man and Star- Rise of Skywalker. Uh, makeup and hair. Yeah. Costume design. Yeah. Production design. I think it's exactly the same as the Oscars. So yeah. Uh, editing. I think it's exactly the same again. Uh, cinematography. I think. I don't think Le Mans 66 was there last time. Um, but Roger Deakins, I think Roger Deakins does 1917. I didn't even clock that. Didn't even know that. Oh man, if he doesn't win it, then oh fucking hell. I really, I'm, I'm seeing it. I'm gonna see it next week. I literally just saw my pops. Um, we're gonna try and see it next Friday. So uh, hopefully, uh, I can, I can give our watch, and we'll hopefully see other stuff. Um, if our, if my local cinema, um, actually wants to show good movies. Um, casting. They have an award for casting. I didn't even clock that. Oh, this is interesting. Okay, so we got Joker, Marriage Story, uh, Hollywood. Uh, the personal history of David Copperfield and the two popes. Huh, interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't know. How do you how do you judge casting? I've never had this, but I've never seen this before. Um, how how do you judge casting? I don't know. Do you just consider the cast great? I consider most casts good. You know, <laughs> so uh, you can say that for Avengers. It's a fucking great cast. So I don't know what you want to do for that. Uh, original score, uh, 1917, Judge Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Star Wars. <laughs> you know. Star Wars, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> 1917, probably. I don't know. Uh, adaptive screenplay. Irishman, Judge Rabbit, uh, Joker, Little Women, and The Two Popes. Um, again, I think Two Popes is not even worth talking about, to be honest. Um, I don't really... I've never seen... I've never seen no hype about it. I don't know how they got into these conversations, uh, to be completely honest with you. Uh, in terms of adaptive screenplay, um, I think the Oscars list is way better. Uh, but I think it'll be The Irishman. Uh, original screenplay, uh, Booksmart, 
um, Knives Out, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Uh, it's going to be either Once Upon a Time or Marriage Story. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, director, exactly the same. Five, Mendes, Scorsese, Phillips, Tarantino, Bong Joon-ho. So, you know, cry about that if you want to. Uh, documentary, uh, American Factory, Diego Maradona. Oh, that's a good shout. Um, from the same people that did, obviously, Amy and uh, Senna. Uh, Apollo 11, Fosama, and The Great Hack. I'll need to, I'll need to mention Fosama in a sec. Uh, film Not in the English Language, Farewell, uh, Fosama, Pain and Glory, Parasite, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. If it's, it's got to be Parasite. I don't really, I don't really see how it's not going to be Parasite. Outstanding debut by a British writer, director, producer. Um... Uh, Bait, Fosama, uh, Maiden, Only You, and Retablo, Retablo, Um, so uh, yeah, so that's going to be, that's going to be, well, well, I think Fosama will win that, to be honest, I can definitely see that winning, Um, and just a note, Fosama is like the first, I think, documentary that has four nominations, um, or as many uh, nominations as as they have this year, so you know, if that, if that doesn't make you want to at least see what Forsama is about, I definitely want to go see it at some point. I'm going to try and do that at some point. But yeah, so that's a that's a great shout, um, to be honest. Uh, outstanding British film, again, Forsama. Uh, 1917, Bait, Rocket Man, we Sorry Missed You, and The Two Popes. Uh, supporting actor, I th- that's exactly the same. It's exactly the same as fucking Oscars. Uh, this is an absolute joke. All right, here we go. This is some bullshit. Lawrence Dern, uh, this is supporting actress. Lawrence Stern, Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, Margot Robbie for Bombshell and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So you're telling me that Margot Robbie had two performances worth a BAFTA nomination. Don't piss me off. You you cannot make this, you cannot explain this to me. This is unexplainable. Unexplainable, right? Unexplainable. I can't. I can't wrap my head around it. I really can't. Uh, leading actor. Uh, Taron Egerton's in here. Joaquin Phoenix is in here for Joker. I don't think he was in it. Was he in that Fox? I don't think I did it. <laughs> I didn't even cover it. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, John from Price, Two Popes. Don't know why. Don't. I. I, I don't want to be that guy. Um, I'm trying not to be that guy, and I'm and being that guy, and I probably will be that guy. <laughs> um, uh, uh, for, especially for the next topic as well. But. The, the the fact that I've not even heard the two popes worries me, you know. And I feel I think I'm quite plugged in. I feel like I'm quite plugged into these kind of things and this kind of scene, right? So is that is that just me being a dick? I I don't, I don't excuse me. I don't want to make it as if like I'm just being a dick. The fact that I haven't heard it means it's shit. You know what I mean? I don't want to be that guy, and I'm trying not to say it like that. But the fact that I haven't heard it, and the fact that they have these many nominations, I, I, I smell something. I'm smelling something dirty here. I'm, I'm smelling some shit. I'm smelling something fishy. You know what I mean? I can't help it. I can't help That's That's where I'm coming from when I talk about these kind of things. I just come from it as in the terms of, you know, is it based on artistic merit, or is it based on, you know, it's for your consideration dollars? I can't help but think of the latter. Uh, leading actress, Jessie Buckley... Uh, Scarlett Johansson, Sir Sharonan, uh, Charlie Sharonan, and Rennie Zellweger. Uh, the only this it's the only way I can say her name. <laughs> I can only think of it in that song. I can't say it normally. If I think of it in the song, I can say it. And uh, best film, uh, they only got five. Uh, 1917, The Irishman, Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. And you know what? That's a solid five. I can I can get behind that. But the obviously the 
um, backlash with all of these is the fact that there's zero fucking diversity here. There's zero diversity here. Margot Robbie got two nominations. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to be... Um, and, you know, I, the fact that Cynthia Revo got uh, an Oscar nomination for um, being act- for Best Actress, right? You know, there's a lot of... Um, for people that I'm following, uh, especially uh, African-Americans that are in the film industry or whatever industry uh, creatively, they see Cynthia Revo as, you know, uh, we don't support this because... A is Cynthia Revo, and she's and she said some tweets uh, a year ago or whatever, however long ago, and she hates Black Americans, and she's in a slave, uh, a quote unquote slave movie, right? Okay, so you're going to shit on Cynthia Revo for being in a film where you could be shitting on, you know, I don't know, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences for, I don't know, for 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 not picking any other film. Like I said, clemency, just mercy. This is not. I'm not. I'm not saying you know, guys. That you know, they should have black films or black actors and actresses and um, writers and whatever just to make up numbers, right? This is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about it from a place of merit, and I'm trying to do that from a place of merit. And I'm trying to project that to you guys that it's coming from a place of merit. I genuinely feel like. Films like Just Mercy and films like Clemency and uh, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, I do genuinely think they are of this quality. We saw it with Moonlight. We have seen that they can clock these films, right? We've seen it. Because Moonlight is a higher quality film, and I fucking love that film, right? And there are plenty of other films with black director, black writer, black leading actor and all this kind of stuff, right? They happen every year, but for some reason, it only happens once in a blue moon. <laughs> Literally in a blue moon. If you if you if you know Moonlight, you know the joke. Um, so, I, 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 I don't see the I don't see the pro- what the problem is here. And you know, there's going to be some people going like, you know, those films just weren't up to snuff. <laughs> you know, and they can they can. While I can say these films should be talked about based on merit. They can they can go the other way, you know. They can go the other way and say we picked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on merit. So you know, it, and, it, and it leaves this whole argument an impasse. But here's the problem here, and here's the crux of all of this. It's the fact that the people who are voting for these things, in the motion uh, picture arts and uh, in the uh, motion picture arts societies, Academy of Motion Picture Arts Societies. And also in BAFTA. The fact that the people that are voting for these. A. Don't watch these films. For whatever reason. And trust me guys. I've, 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 I've heard people say it. I've, I've seen people say it. People that are voters in certain things. Um, I listened to a podcast once a few years ago. And I think I've given this story before. But I'll say it just for, just for kicks. I was listening to a podcast at one time, and uh, the host is a voter in uh, the Screen Actors Guild, which is the American, um, you know, as you can imagine, for screen actors, right? And he was a voter, and he he said who he voted for, and he said why he didn't vote for this person or whatever, right? And he was very dismissive of a few films. He didn't watch some of them. 
but yet he voted. Do you see where I'm coming from? How can you be a voter, but you don't vote, but you, but you don't um, consume all of the, you know, all of the nominated works, or all of the potentially nominated works? You know what I mean? You know, you know what I'm saying? This is the problem. And I feel like this is something that they people don't take seriously. And, you know, I'm probably being that guy that is taking it way too seriously. Sure. I probably am taking it too seriously. At the end of the day, this is a gold statue. At the end of the day, it's just a gold, uh, or, 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 I don't even know what you call the BAFTA mask, but that mask, right? At the end of the day, it's just a piece of metal, right? I get it. But for for someone like me that cares about, you know, art and the fact that some people don't watch films unless they're nominated. Some people get influenced by this shit. This is why they put them on posters and they re-show them. And, you know, and, and put it on adverts. BAFTA winning th- this film. Go see the Oscar winning this film. You know, it's it's all a matter of... It's all a matter of making up uh, more, more numbers. To them it's a numbers game. But to me it's an art game. And if you're not considering the best pieces of art for whatever reason... Because people have, uh, and, the, and the studio behind them, have hosted an event that got you all in there and basically massaged your egos just so you can vote for that particular film. You're a hoe. <laughs> you're, you're, be, you're being a hoe. And it's not for the sake of art. And I believe you should vote for the sake of whatever you feel like is great art and whatever you feel like is great messaging or whatever. Or whatever is a great performance, whatever is great visual effects, great sound, great cinematography, great writing. I feel like some of these don't get count for that. And the second thing I want to get to before I finish. The people who are voting for these things, the demographics are not conducive of the art form. So I bet if I looked up the demographics of BAFTA, the fact that these, all these, um, all these... You're telling me, okay, so, so answer me this, guys, and answer me honest, answer this honestly. <clears throat> Do you really believe that all of these films that is not Parasite, that is not, um, that is not for Sama, right? You're telling me that all the other films directed by it old white men, or um, a film that covers old white men, because, <laughs> you know, Once Was I in Hollywood, story about a white guy, Irishman, story about a white guy, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that Irishman or Once Was I in Hollywood shouldn't have gotten a nomination, well, I will say that for Once Was I in Hollywood, I can make a case, because um, I didn't like it, but it's the thing, it, that's it, it all comes down to that. And the fact that, so you're, so let me finish that. So you're telling me that all of those films and are, 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 are the best films um, and there are no other, fi- and, and it just so happens to be the other films by, I don't know, a black director or, um, or a, I don't know, or a, or a Hispanic writer, you know, any people of color, right? So you're telling me that their art is insignificant. 
Is that is that is that what you're telling me? Every single one of them doesn't fulfill the standard. Hmm. You have to admit there is some th- there's levels to this, and admittedly, it's probably very abstract, right? But you have to understand that there is there there is something here. There is something here, and I I I hate it. I I genuinely hate it. I hate doing this every year. To be honest, um, it's it's frustrating to look at this shit. You know that people people celebrate you know hair love being a, a well African Americans celebrated the fact that um, hair love was a was an Oscar nominee for a short film. Great, amazing. And some people celebrated her, uh, Cynthia Revo for her two Oscar nominations, right? Great. Super happy for her. She is an amazing actress, by the way. Amazing. She's one of the most talented people in the game right now, actually. Just to say. Just to say about Cynthia Revo. Um, but you can't tell me that's the only... That they're the only worthy, worthy, worthy ones here. You can't tell me otherwise. And you can't tell me some of these films have been... Uh, have been... Backed up. Not by their merit, not by their quality, however you want to rate that kind of quality, and say they weren't bolstered by anything else, e.g. money. You can't tell me otherwise. (sighs) Okay, two more topics left and (laughs) already 45 minutes in, so let's continue. So let's move on to the music and we'll talk about the Brits. Um, I'm going I'm to get into this very quickly because I've, I've kind of uh, lost a bit of steam. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't really... And again, this is another thing. Female eyes are nowhere to be seen in this list and it pisses me off. And I can make a case for a lot of these, for a lot of these female eyes. So... Uh, just to just to give some notes uh, before I get into this, right? Um, the last person to win, uh, last female artist to win a best album was Adele, uh, twenty sixteen, and you're probably like, cool, there's no, but there's not been other, there's not been other albums as good as that. I don't even think twenty five was that good to be honest. But here we are. Um, I can I can give you, I can give you a few. I can give you Emmy Sande. I can give you Nao. I can give you Little Sims. And that's just free off the top of my head. Okay, um, th- you, we'll get through this, and uh, just and I'll I'll keep I'll go with the positive, just for the moment. Shout out to Dave, shout out to Dave, because uh, the fact that he is the most uh, has the most nominations uh, next to Louis Capaldi, of course, is amazing, and is wholly deserved, wholly deserved. Okay, I have no qualms about Dave having the most nominations, equal to most nominations, fully deserved. Okay. But now let's get into the particular lists. Um, uh, Rising Star, well, not Rising Star, uh, International International Male. I do find how I don't I don't I want to know Brits's criteria for International Male and Female and International anything because it's just so weird. It really is weird. So Bruce Springsteen, okay, uh, Burner Boy, I get that. Uh, Tyler Creer, understandable. Dermot Kennedy, really, really best, best International Male. Out of the whole world? Dermot Kennedy? Okay. And post like, fuck off. Um, international female, Ariana Grande, Billie Eilish, Camille Cabello, 
Camilla Cabello, Cabello and uh, Lando Ray and Lizzo. Sure, why not? <laughs> I, I mean, I could give, uh, I don't know, Sampa the Grey or, you know, just... That's just, that's just one. Yugen Blackrock. You know, that's just... That's just sound, but it's the Brits. Who cares? Um, best song. Could not give a shit about. Um, never never cared about that one. Uh, best new artist. Um, it's going to be Dave. But we also have H. Um, H. 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 Um, Louis Capaldi. Mabel. Sam Fender. It's going to be Dave. If it isn't Dave, I'm going to I'm gonna flip a table. Uh, British group. <laughs> Coldplay. Foles. Bring Me the Horizon. D-Block Europe. And uh, Bastille. Um, I have, I, 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 someone needs to inform me because I have no idea who will possibly win that. And uh, this is another thing. I don't know who, I don't know what the Brits go for. I don't know their mo. I never do. They're so fucking weird, the Brits. I really don't understand it. Best British male, Harry Styles. Um, well, okay, so it's basically the people for best album. I've just realised it's the people for best album, and that's a problem. That's a problem right there. So it's Harry Styles, Louis Capaldi, Dave, Michael Kiwanuka, and Stormzy. And that's exactly the British uh, best album. Stormzy, Michael Kiwanuka, Louis Capaldi, Dave, Harry Styles. Right? Uh, That doesn't make sense. That that sounds very lazy to me. That sounds super lazy to me. And the best British female, we have Mabel, Freya Rydins, FKA Twigs, Charlie XCX, and Mahalia. Okay, so where the fuck is Little Sims, by the way? Just, Just a note, where the fuck is Little Sims in this? So you're telling me that Little Sims couldn't get a sniff in? Now, you know, you guys know me. I, I love Little Sims. She's my favourite uh, IS next to Kendrick right now. Okay? Um, I, I, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Because I don't know who Frey Ridings is. She might be great. So I'm just going to leave her alone. Um, I think Little Sims had a better year than Mahalia. I think she had a better year than Mabel. Um, you can, you can, you can, I can give you, I'll, I'll definitely give you FK Twins and Charlie XCX. I can, I can definitely give you that. Because their works, from what I've heard, were great. So I can give you that. And also Mahalia's album was great. I, I, I really like, enjoyed Love and Compromise. But no, she's not best British female. No, 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 no. And even with that said, it, it kind of, um, it, it, with that said, it kind of, um, hamstrings the Brits in this case. Um, the fact that they put these uh, females here, and uh, you know, you could put Magdalene in there, you could put Charlie's album in uh, best album, and I wouldn't, and I wouldn't be against that. Um, I think the best album is uh, out of this list is Psychodrama. Um, I'll be very happy if it was Kiwanuka as well, because I think he should have got it for Love and Hate uh, a couple of years ago, um, but he didn't. I think it was Black Star that beat him to it. Um, but yeah, I, guys, I'm I'm sorry. Do we really enjoy Louis Capaldi's album? Do we really enjoy Harry Styles' album? Or is this just a popularity thing? Let's be honest with ourselves. You know? Let's just just be honest with ourselves here. I don't think... And even with Stormzy's heavies to head... I don't think it was worth a Best Album nomination. I, it's a good album. Heavies to Head is a great album. Solid. I don't think it's Best Album material. I'm wondering where Loyal Khan's uh, yesterday, uh, not yesterday's gone, not waving but drowning is. Where is that? Where is Loyal Khan? You know what I mean? I think the Brits should really take a page out of the Mercury Prize's book. Genuinely. Because what's good with the Mercury Prize 
is that the the pool of judges, and you can find their names, which is good. The pool of judges are very diverse. You know, you have some people in the in the in the rock space, the pop space, hip hop space, jazz space, uh, alternative space. It's very it's very wide ranging, and the nominations are always wide ranging. Last year's Mercury Prize was bloody amazing in terms of nominations. It had Neo, Little Sims, um, uh, Seed Ensemble, um, uh, Black Midi. I think Foles was there as well, or was it Idols? I forget which is which. Um, yeah, Dave, of course, who won it. Now, if you if if the Brits are going to do this right of trying to be in the middle, right? Because Kiwanuka is not a popular artist. He's popular critically. But he's not a popular artist like uh, like Harry Styles is, right? So clearly they try and go for this 50-50 wave of like, you know, being, you know, half arty, half popularity contest. But they can do the popularity shit so quickly. It's very easy to do the popularity shit quickly. When they come to the art stuff, they are fucking terrible. They are utterly trash doo-doo on that, on that kind of stuff, right? So if you're going to do that, take a page out of the Mercury Prizes book. Pick some. Pick, pick, even if even if you even if your um, even if your uh, voting base is not as diverse as the Mercury Prizes, which I highly assume is depend uh, considering that no female got a sniff in the best album category or you know any in any other category to be honest, other than Mabel for best new artist, right? The fact that they got no sniffing is dumbfounding to me. Okay, and so if you want, if you're gonna do that, Brits, right? And here's the thing: they were decent a couple of years ago. I remember, I remember a couple of years ago when nominations came out, and like British British females like uh, uh, Leanne Havers, Nao, Emily Sande. Um, I've got you the. Uh, fourth and fifth ones were, but um, yeah, you know, they can do it, they can do it, actually, that's another one, Emily Sandy, where the fuck is Emily Sandy's album here, where's she on Best British Female, has she died, has the Queen died, <laughs> you know what I mean, Real Life was an amazing album, where's that, you did it for, you did it for her past two albums, keep up appearances, why not, I think I think real life was better than Heavy's the Head, and I'm only referencing Heavy's the Head because I haven't listened to Louis Capaldi or uh, Harry Styles' album, so I don't want to be. I'm trying not to be that guy when it comes to this. I was that guy for the film ones. I'm trying not to be that guy for this one. I'm trying to grow here in this episode, uh, as we speak. So yeah, I, I, it's clear that the Brits' voting base is skewed. It's clear that the Baftas. And Oscar's voting base is skewed. And it all needs to change from there. From there. Because none of this shit will. Trust me when I say this. There is always good art everywhere. And you and the fact that and the fact that BAFTAs and the Oscars and the Brits always go for the same old, same old. Do not rely on that fact. Because there is plenty of other artists doing their things that you can't, that you, that you refuse to discover simply because they don't get award nominations. 
don't let that stop you. Be independent for yourself and go look for those eyes. Because trust me, there are so many fucking good artists out there. British. International. That are not named Ariana Grande. That are not named Harry Styles, right? Plenty. Plenty. And the fact that the Brits just, you know, clearly just lean to this uh, popularity contest. It's more for entertainment, I guess. But like I said, with the BAFTAs and Oscars, I care about this stuff. I shouldn't care about it so much, but I do. Yeah, it's just how it is. I do. I care about it. I care about some kind of integrity. But clearly these lot don't have integrity. Otherwise, they'd sort their shit out. So, um, yeah. That's how the cookie crumbles. I'm going to go take a breather. And we'll end on something... Well, a bit more a bit more lighter and a bit more uh, a bit more educational. So that's that's gonna be fun. So let's get into that. So we finish off on uh, life and I wanted to talk about this concept called uh, intellectual humility. So Put simply, intellectual humility is, uh, you know, just knowing that you can be wrong, like in an argument and stuff like that. So, uh, I've got an article here, uh, basically all about it. It's by uh, Brian Resnick of uh, Vox. And uh, I just wanted to give you a read because I found it uh, very fascinating and I think it really applies to, uh, especially in these polarised times, socially and uh, especially politically. Um, I think it's the key to a lot of things. Um in terms of just how you go about your daily life as well. So uh, let's get into it. Julie Rohrer uh, wants to create a radical new culture for social scientists. A personality psychologist at the Max Planck Institute for Human Development, Rohrer is trying to get her peers to publicly willingly admit when they are wrong. To do this, she, alongside with some, along with some colleagues, started up something called the Loss of Confidence Project. It's designed to be an academic safe space for researchers to declare for all to see that they are no they no longer believe in the accuracy of one of their previous findings. The effort recently yielded a paper that includes six admissions of no confidence and is accepting submissions until January 31st. Quote, I do, not, uh, I do think it's a cultural issue that people are not willing to admit mistakes. Our broader goal is to gently nudge the whole scientific system and psychology towards a different culture. Where it's okay, normalised and and expected for researchers to admit past mistakes and not get penalised for it. The project is timely because a large number of scientific findings have been disproven or become more doubtful in recent years. Uh, One high-profile effort to retest the 100 psychological experiments uh, found only 40% replicated with more rigorous methods. Uh, it's been a painful period for some social for social scientists who've had to deal with failed replications. Uh, of classic studies and realise their work practices are often weak. It's been fascinating to watch uh, scientists struggle to make their institutions more humble. And I believe that I believe there's an important and unappreciated virtue embedded in this process. For the past few months I've been talking to many scholars about intellectual humility, the characteristic that allows for admission of wrongness. I've come to appreciate what a crucial tool it is for learning, especially in an increasingly interconnected and complicated world. As technology makes it easier to lie and spread false information incredibly quickly, we need to intellectually, uh, we need intellectually humble, curious people. 
I've also realised how difficult it is to foster intellectual humility. In my reporting on this, I've learned that there are three main challenges on the path to humility. Number one, in order for us to acquire more intellectual humility, we all, even the smartest among us, need to be need to better appreciate our cognitive blind spots. Our minds are more imperfect and imprecise than we'd often like to admit. Our ignorance can be invisible. Two, even when we overcome that immense challenge and figure out our errors, we need to remember we won't necessarily necessarily be punished for saying, quote, I was wrong. And we need to be braver about saying it. We need a culture that celebrates those words. Number three, we'll never achieve perfect intellectual humility, so we need to choose our convictions thoughtfully. This is all to say, intellectual humility isn't easy, but damn, it's a virtue worth striving for and failing for in this new year. Intellectual humility is simply the recognition that that the things you believe in might in fact be wrong, as Mark Leary, a social and personality psychologist at Duke University, tells me. But don't confuse it with overall humility or bashfulness. It's not about being a pushover. It's not about lacking confidence or self-esteem. The intellectually humble don't cave every time their thoughts are challenged. Instead, it's a method of thinking. It's about entertaining the possibility that you may be wrong. And being open to learning from the experience of others, intellectual humility is about being... Uh, actively curious about your blind spots. One is illustration is in the ideal of the scientific method, where the scientist af- scientist actively works uh, works against their own hypothesis, attempting to rule out any other alternative explanations for a phenomenon before settling on conclusion. It's worth uh, it's about asking, what am I missing here? It doesn't require a high IQ or a particular skill set. It does, however, require making a habit of thinking about your limits, which can be painful. It's a process of monitoring your own confidence, Leary says. The idea is older than social psychology. Philosophers from the earliest days have grappled with the limits of human knowledge. Uh, Michel de Montaigne, uh, the 16th century French philosopher credited with inventing the essay, wrote that, quote, the plague of man is boasting of his knowledge, unquote. Social psychologists have learned that humility is associated with other valuable character traits, People who score higher on intellectual humility questionnaires are more open to hearing opposing views. They more readily seek out information that conflicts with their worldview. They pay more attention to evidence and have a stronger self-awareness when they answer a question incorrectly. <laughs> when you ask the intellectually arrogant if they've heard uh, if they've heard of bogus historical events like Hamrick's Rebellion, they'll say sure. The intellectually humble were less likely to do so. Studies have found that cognitive reflection, i.e. analytic thinking, is co- correlated with being better, uh, being better able to discern fake news stories from the real ones. These studies haven't looked at intellectual humility per se, but it's plausible there's an overlap. Most important of all, the intellectually humble are more likely to admit when they are wrong. When we admit we're wrong, we can grow closer to the truth. One reason I've been thinking about the virtue of humility recently is because of our president, Donald Trump, is one of the least humble people on the planet. We can get into, we can, we can, we can skip, we can skip all that for damn sure. <laughs> but I'm actually going to leave it there to be honest, because I think I've made kind of the basic point of this. this is a very, very, very lengthy article, so I highly um, advise you guys read it. Um, it's a very fascinating piece. Um, in terms of just explaining what it is and just like applying it to certain situations and just a deeper 
um, looks into the into the concept of it, I guess. But um, you know, I feel like you know it's something that I've uh, you know not to to my own horn, but I think it's something that I've you know tried to push, um, especially with this particular show. That you know, if I have an opinion on some things, well, on everything, because that's the point <laughs> of the damn show that I give my opinion on it. Um, you know, if if I could, if I uh, you know, obviously opinions are never facts. You know, opinions and fact is a different, uh, two different things. But if I give my opinion, you think I'm wrong, and you know, I've always said if you want to call me out on it, call me out on it. It's com- excuse me, it's completely fine to do so. Um, I feel like I try to have intellectual humility. Um, I don't think I have it on the point of a scientific basis. So, like, when I'm, you know, if I'm if I'm looking up um, a certain uh, a scientific equation or whatever, and uh, I find the, I find an answer to it, it may not be the answer to it, but, but it's an answer to it, I would probably just stick it at that. <laughs> if I found an answer, I'll be like, great, thank fuck, I found an answer, let me just write... Let me just write this into a paper and leave it at that. This is correct, you know what I mean? I don't really have that... um, I don't think I have that uh, kind of um, uh, self-assessment where I find an answer to something and I'm like, wait, is that the only answer though? Or is that the correct answer, you know what I mean? Um, Because a lot of things, you know, there can be correct answers to several things. Um, But yeah, I don't think I'm... I don't think I'm at that that level uh, on on a... I guess a psychology, uh, psychological level, but I feel like when it comes to like arguments, I feel like I can listen to the other person um, regarding uh, um, providing that you know some um, genuine points and not just you know what they saw on you know the sun or some shit, you know what I mean, <laughs> or, or something they saw on a tweet. You know, if they have genuine sources to an argument, then sure, I'm, I'm completely down. I'm completely down with having an argument about something. Something. I had a great argument last week about um about uh, just music in general and how uh, we uh, how I and uh, other people of color uh, value art. Um, the person I was talking to is um, you know very liberal with it, and um, I you know as you guys know I'm very conservative when it comes to you know especially stuff like hip hop and um, and uh, things like that and representation. I'm very conservative with it. I've, I'm very rigid uh, when it comes to that kind of stuff. I, I believe certain things, and you know, it's just how it is. But you know, he made his case, and I made my case, and we just left it in. It was a really great discussion. I really highly enjoyed it. And you know, I've said this to a lot of people. I relish those kind of conversations. Those are the conversations I really enjoy. I love those kind of conversations. They're the best kind of conversations. Um, but the problem with most people, um, especially politicians is that they can't ever be wrong. And the only time they admit they're wrong is when they're writing a book about their lives years after they're out of their post and they have, you know, and, and, and the statute of limitations have gone, so to speak. You know, it's like too little, too late. You should have done something about it. And now they can't do anything about it. It's just it's just it. It's, it happened. Move on. You know what I mean? There's, there's a lot of times where that's happened. You know, Tony Blair shows regret for the Iraq war, but it fucking happened, didn't it? You should have admitted you were wrong previously, 
You know, you know, when you're in power. Politicians don't do that. And uh, a lot of people don't do that. And it frustrates me. Especially when they're in a, a place of power. They, they, might, they might not admit they're wrong. Even though deep inside they might think. They know that they're wrong. They just go along with the flow. Just be, for whatever reason. For the greater good I guess. You know what I mean? It's, it's bullshit. So um, yeah. I think, um, I think that's a, a. Honestly. Really good article. Really should read it. It's a really lengthy one. Um, generally worth a read. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's the intellectual humility in a, in a nutshell. If you guys want to exercise that and put it into your regular lives, I f- highly suggest you do so. I'm trying to do that as well for myself. Um, and I think, uh, it really, it really helps from a conversational perspective and just, uh, from an outlook on life. Um, if you're open to other things, you know, it's the same, and, you know, I can, I could full circle that back to music and film. If you're open to new things, you know, if you're open to a foreign film such as Parasite, then you can learn a lot more. You can, you can, you learn a lot, a lot more about a lot of things. Um, not just the fact that you, you know, you can read subtitles. <laughs> it could be, it could be a lot more uh, than that. You can learn about a different culture in a nutshell. Um, you can learn that some a country's cinema is way better than ours, way better than Hollywood's, maybe, maybe. <gasps> Could it be? You know, it can can possibly be. Um, You know, what you're taught as a you isn't um, isn't gospel, isn't always gospel. And once you grow up, you does you you owe it to yourself to question things that you were told before, um, and look into it much more. Um, So, and if and if you don't do that, it's fine. But um, well, how do you grow as a person if you don't do that? If you don't question anything, you know. So, so, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's been what's good. Hope you enjoyed this episode. It went on a bit long, I understand, but um, <laughs> had to get uh, had to get my rage out, and now I'll move on. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, award season's here, and um, you know, you root for who you root for. Um, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna, I'm trying to spend the next uh, month or so watching these films. Uh, some of these films are dropping. Uh, 1917's always already dropped. Um, I think Uncut Gems is dropping this week. Uh, Waves is dropping this week. I, I think uh, Parasite is dropping sometime in February. Queen Slim's dropping 31st of January. Some uh, uh, I didn't even mention Queen and Slim by the way. There you go. That's another fucking film that could have been considered for a lot of things. But uh, yeah, where's Jodie Turner Smith by the way in terms of like Baftas? That's crazy. But anyway, uh, and Daniel Kaluuya. But um, don't want to get into that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I have a lot of films to get into this uh, in the next uh, month or so, so I'm really hyped for that, and I'll keep you guys posted on that. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, from the Fifth, po- fifth Element Podcast Network, I have a child saying it's been what's good. Intro music is too much by Vanilla. Interlude music is visited by Polder. You can find both of their music via Bandcamp links in the description below. Thanks to Chill Records for the ability to use these songs. You can fi- also find their music uh, via the Bandcamp link below as well in the description. And uh, yeah... Hope you guys have a great week. I'm off to Lincoln to get to be cold some more <laughs> up north. Um, have a great week, everybody. I shall always, always try and do the same. Uh, but until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. Peace.